Thank you, guys. Did a great job. I tell you what, we got this new keyboard over here. And I went and looked at it. And I'm not even sure I know how to turn it on. That thing's got more knobs and more buttons on it. Anyway, I'm glad somebody knows how to do that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord is so good. Mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I tell you what, before we do anything, would you kind of lift up, stand up, and lift, and put your hands this way, and let's pray over these needs. These are the needs that all of us have put in here. I've got some in here, and I know you do too. And the Bible says if we can agree, it says the two of us shall agree, and there's a lot more than two of us here, so we should be able to agree that God ministered to these. And we're going to pray for them, and then we're going to do something after that. We're going to thank Him for answering the prayer. Okay, the answer to the prayers, right? I'll talk about that a little bit tonight, but uh, uh, it's not my message, but I've got to talk about it anyway. But uh, anyway, so let's pray this. Would you do it with me? Father, we just raise these needs up to you, Lord, right now. God, the people of this church and some maybe even out of the church have put requests on here, three to five, some of them more than that. But God, these are needs that they want to see happen this year. But God, I pray right now, God, you have a plan. And God, I put these in the plan of you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you just just meet these needs right now. Those that need healing in their bodies, healing take place right now in Jesus' name. Those who have financial needs, Lord, those financial needs would be met now in the name of Jesus. Those who have emotional needs, God, that those emotional needs would be met right now in the name of Jesus. We declare it done. God, we just pray, the Lord, those that have families, their fa- problems with their families, Problems in their marriages, God, we just claim victory over them right now and speak it all healed in the name of Jesus. For those that have those that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, those sons and daughters and, and brothers and sisters, Lord, right now, the mothers and fathers, God, that need you and are in here, God, we pray right now that you just save them, Lord, to the uttermost. And God, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, because you have done it. Father, we thank you for answering every prayer. We thank you, Lord, right now for answering every prayer. Because, God, you said, if we ask, we receive. And, Father, we ask it, and now we receive it. And, Lord, because it's done, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay, stay, stay standing stay, so you don't mess your knees up getting up and down. Let's do our, our, our profession of faith, okay, our declaration. All right, do that with me. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear to learn. The Lord God had opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Preaching on Wednesday night is a, is, is a, is a little bit different when you come to preach because the old saying, the old saying is, I can't preach a salvation message because hopefully I think all of you are already saved, you know. And so you guys are kind of the core of everything that's there. So I said, i got to come up with something for the core, you know, the, the, the core group, the people that are, are steadfast. And one thing that we need to pray, if it's not in that bucket, it needs to be in that bucket, and that is that people in our church get on fire for God and realize that it's hard to go all week long without some kind of fill-up in the middle. I mean, we've had large groups here on Sunday, but for some reason, we have such a strong body 
that people are so strong in the Lord that they don't need to have to come on Wednesday night. I guess it's just all of us who need a little extra on the things. But no, it's because they're not where they, they need to be here. So we need to be encouraging them to be here in the house of God and let God minister to them. So, Pastor Angela, she's been tearing it up here the last few weeks. One time I thought she was actually on fire, but she wasn't. But she's been on fire, and I'm so excited. I'm excited for the church, but I'm excited for you. You know, I have to tell you this. You've talked about the mantle that was laying on the floor that you had to pick up. But I think it's like Elijah's mantle. When it fell on Elisha, he got, you got a double portion of the anointing. And I just believe that. I know that God is just going to bless you bountifully. And I tell you what, when a preacher like me can get excited and watch you preach, it's, it's got to be something, I'm telling you. But anyway, it's, it's good, okay? So... She keeps talking about the get it. If we can get it in our mind, I love that. If you can get it in your, if you can get it in your mind, your body or whatever, you'll be able to get to it, right? You'll be able to go to that. And so I was thinking about all of that and and trying to find out. Well, what can I? What do we need to be able to push forward and really get behind what's going on? How many of you have been blessed in the services? Amen. You know, we've been seeing, I don't know if you, you guys don't get to see it all because you're not up here when things are happening, but there's a lot of people giving their heart to the Lord. But there's a lot of people that's, that's, that strongholds are being broken in their lives, okay? And things are beginning to change. So a lot of times we look at that and, 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 and we come in Sunday. And I want to ask you this question because it kind of goes along with my message tonight. How many of you since Sunday, since Sunday service, have, were so excited and so uplifted when you went home that you begin to think, what's going to happen next week? Now, some people might not even think about it, but the thing about it is, if it was this good this week, what's it going to be like Sunday? So, I was thinking about that and I was reading... I don't even know where I was reading, but I was reading something. And the way, a lot of times the way I get a message is God will give me a word or a phrase, and then He just starts developing it in my head, which is tough to do sometimes. But anyway, He does do it. The Holy Spirit does miracle things, you know, miraculous things. Uh, he can use even the smallest head as mine. But anyway, uh, the thing about it is, He dropped this word, and this is, this is the phrase, I called it, the, named my message after it, but this is the phrase that He put before me. Increasing our expectation. Increasing our expectation. Now, I think everybody knows what expectation is, but I, I looked it up because I didn't want to mess up and make it mean something that it doesn't. But it, uh, I looked several places. You can go to Webster. You can go to Bible, biblical ones. You can do whatever. But this one kind of says, uh, says it pretty good. It says, expectation is the act or state of looking forward, expectation can't look back because there's nothing I can change behind me, right? But it says that expectations looking forward to an event as about to happen. That's going to happen way down there, but it's hard to expect something a year from now. Anybody know that? 
It's hard to expect something a year from now, like expecting my birthday next year. I don't really expect, I, I'm, not, I'm not excited about that. I don't have an expectation of next year, right? Other than the fact I want to be here next year, okay? Okay? But that which is expected is looked for. The prospect of the future grounds upon something excellent is expressed to happen or expected to happen. Prospect of anything good to come. Now, that's what we would call good expectations. Now, realize that there are some people who have bad expectations. There are some people who fear turning 40 years old because their father died at 40. They fear their whole life 40 years old because their father died at 40 or their mother died or uh, they, 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 they have a negative expectation that because their somebody died of something, whatever, then when they get that age, that's what's going to happen to them. Those are bad fears, and they're bad expectations, and they're not good things that I want to talk about tonight. But expect, expectations are beliefs that come from a person's thought process, coming from a person's thought process when examining ec, uh, evidence and trying to come up with examining what? So I had to come up with something, examining evidence. In other words, certain things, whatever those things are, we, we, we do it. For instance... And a person who is uh, getting married, uh, and uh, they, they, they're courting their to-be wife and all this kind of stuff, and they begin to get expectations about what it's going to be like when they get married. Oh, she's going to be this way, and she's going to be this way, and we're going to do this, and we're just going to do that, and this is what it's going to be this, and it's going to be that. And she's over there saying, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be this. And we have all these great expectations, and we get married. And then you get married, and it's all great, it's all wonderful. And all of a sudden, a period of time goes by, and you say, I expected this, but I didn't get that. You say, well, it's because many times our expectations, we make them in an emotional state and all this type of thing, but we don't really have good, we don't have any real evidence of how it's actually going to be. Because we, the, what we have, the evidence quote that we have is false evidence or not good evidence, right? So if, if these expectations are created and so forth aren't what they should be, then these, they, they fail, okay? Now, many times expectations are met because of certain flaws in our logic. I'm talking about in the natural. I'm not talking spiritually now, right? In our logic... In a, in a premise that we have or a misleading of the evidence. So the most important thing in any expectation then is to be able to know that what you're looking at to create your expectations is faultless. Okay? In other words, it has to, it has to be something that you can depend on to be in the absolute and unequivocal truth to be able to look at that. Okay? So if, if you make it without that, then if you don't meet those expectations, then all of a sudden we, we become discouraged or frustrated and whatever the case may be. But tonight I want to share, share with you about expectations based upon, based upon, okay, a, how would you put it? An expectation that is unequivocally and without any doubt, absolute truth. If you can make an expectation 
on something that is the absolute truth, what do you think the chances of that expectation coming to pass? If every evidence that you looked at said that this could be accomplished, then that expectation is what we should be looking at, right? So, that's what we're going to look at. And this, this, uh, this evidence that we're going to look at uh, is this. This is absolute truth. If it says it, it's true. If it says not to do it, it's still true. Many things in here it tells you to do, and other things it tells you not to do. Okay? Now, if you make an expectation built on what it says to do, but don't watch out and watch out for what it says not to do, you've only taken half of the truth and based your expectations on something that's half the truth. Okay? So it's important for us to realize that this is the truth, and when we make our decision, it doesn't matter whether it's a personal decision in your life, it doesn't matter if it's a family decision, a job decision, or anything else. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you follow the guidelines of the truth that's in the Word of God, everything will, be, will actually be fine. Now, how many of you have had, made expectations and um, they didn't come true? Anybody ever made an expectation that didn't come true? Uh, two of us, that's okay. All right. I understand uh, uh, Pastor Roy and I are the only two here that have had expectations that didn't come true. So this may not be the best message tonight for those of you who may want to go to sleep because I really need to talk to someone who actually had expectations that didn't come to pass. Um, it's going to be pretty dull if you didn't have something to come to pass. Okay, well, anyway. So how many of you, all right, how many of all of, your expect, all of your expectations have come to pass? Every one of them has come to pass. Raise your hand. That's a good way. Now I got your attention, okay? Because nobody raised their hands then, so now I got something I can preach. Okay, that's good. That's a good thing. Okay, so when we look at things, they may not all come to pass. Of course they haven't. But why do they fail? Why do our expectations fail? And I know a lot of times, the, uh, and from a biblical, a lot of times it's things that are emotional in our families and things. We expect this to happen and all these things to happen. But we wonder, why, why do they not happen? Well, the, the thing that gets blamed the most, the thing that gets blamed the most is you just didn't have faith. If you just had faith, it would have happened. So if it didn't happen, guess whose fault it is? You just didn't have faith. Well, I think faith is, it, 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 it is part of it. But again, sometimes you can take the truth and misunderstand it or misuse it. You can misunderstand it or you can misuse it. And so, an example. Mark. Uh, 11.24, we got that one. I got a bunch of scriptures, and I may just reference them, and y'all will read them later. Depends on how time goes, okay? Uh, it says there, uh, Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say unto you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them, and, you shall, and they shall be granted to you. Okay? Now, I read that scripture. You read it. You look at it. Therefore, make sure it's the same one as mine. Yes. Therefore, I send you all things for which you pray and ask. Believe that you, have re you receive them, and they will be granted unto you. 
Now, the way most people read this Scripture is this way. It says, um, Therefore I say unto you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you receive, receive them, and you can have them, or you will have them. Now, you see any difference in what I just read and what's up there on the screen? I'll read it again. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you will receive them and you will have them. Okay? Believe that you will receive. Believe that you will receive. That's what it says. So it says, believe that you... What does it mean when it says to believe that you will receive? Have faith. Okay, believe faith. Okay. Have faith that you will receive. Now, that means... I have faith that I'm going to get something, okay? I'm having faith to believe that God, that something is going to happen. Now, Jesus' Word says, ask, and it shall be given to you, whatever. He says, ask, believe, and receive. That, that's the simple formula we've had for so many years. Ask, you've got to ask, you have to believe, and then you have to receive. So if we pray and we ask and we believe, what, what happens next? It says receive, right? But there's, there's a word in there, okay, that is a little bit different. If you read it, it says, believe that you have received. To believe that I have received is not something I'm waiting for. It's something I already have. Okay? He didn't say that you believe, believing, I'm 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 believing, and we go through. He says, no. He says, if you can believe that you have already received it, then I will grant it to you. He didn't say, if you believe, you believe, you believe. The whole point is to grant you can't come to can't come to pass. So a lot. It boils down that we have to understand, and I'm just using this, that my message is not on this. I can talk a lot on it, but that's not what my message is. My point is trying to say that when we read Scripture, we have to understand what it says so that we don't prolong getting something that God said that you've already received. He died and paid for what your blessings 2,000 years ago. He doesn't have to do anything else to accomplish it. He already died for it. It's already there for you. It's just receive it. You say, yeah, but I can't see it. If you can see it, you don't need faith. Okay, I get off this message or I'll be here all night. Okay, but the thing about it, it says, and then it shall be granted to you. This is not what, I'm, like I said, not what I'm teaching. It says, now belief or faith plays a big part in this scripture. But you can have all the faith in the world, but if no expectation that what you can receive and that you've already received it, you'd never get there. It's worthless if you don't get to the point of learning to ask, believe, and the whole point is now receive. Receiving is what it's all about. The other is the preliminary to get you where you are. If you ask believing, then you will have the expectation to receive it. And that's what God wants us to do is to learn how to receive and have the expectations of being able to, to be able to have what He wants for us. So, 
Anyway, now, there's a lot of people, and we use the example, like people who believe for healing. Most of us believe that the Word of God has made provision, but many do not expect healing to manifest in their lives. Angela, Pastor Angela put it another way when she says, it hasn't got in here yet. In other words, we haven't got to that expectation of wanting to be manifest in our lives. It's likely because many people have prayed for things for so long, over and over, that they just simply can't imagine that they could ever receive it. Because it's you know, happened. For instance, I don't know how many times I've prayed for my son. Okay? He's my son. I pray for him. I try, I try every day to say, Lord, I dedicated him to you when he was an infant. I gave him to you. You gave him back to me. I did the best I knew how to do, and he's yours. So I expect him to come home anytime. I'm talking about to the Lord, right? And so I pray, but that doesn't mean that I don't expect it to happen. You say, but I've already received it in my spirit because I know that he's mine. I know that he was dedicated to the Lord. So to me, it's a done deal. It's a done deal, and that's what I expect. Now, when does it happen? In the natural? Move it across? That's up to God, and that's when God works it out, okay? So, Mark 16, uh, Mark 16 7, verses 17 and 18 says, These things shall accompany those who, who have believed. That's us. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and they will drink. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. doesn't say they might. doesn't say anything. He says, pray for the sick, and they recover. But it's one thing to believe what the Word, to believe this Word is good. It's good. The Word of God is good. But if we don't have any expectation to see it happen, it's just what we believe. So believing, the whole saying is, believing without an expectation is not putting anything in action. It's just standing here, but the expectation is of believing God for it. Now, do our expectations fail because we... Another way that people, the, these expectations we have might fail is because they were created with the wrong motives or desires. Now, I try to come up with... Uh, uh, I know what motives is and desires. The Bible says whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you... And you can have it. That's one of the King James verses, whatever. But it talks about it. It says... He says... So desires is what we desire. So what do we desire? What are most of our expectations? Are they spiritual expectations? Every day do we get up and say, Lord, give me more of you today. Or is it more of what this wants? You know, what I want. You know, this type of thing, right? But James 4, verses 2 and 3 says it this way. You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. And you are envious... Envious, everybody knows what that is, right? Of something else. And cannot obtain it. Some people are envy for riches. Some people envy for what this is. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Whatever. And this thing of where we want to be. He says, to obtain, so that you fight and quarrel. Do you do not have because you do not ask. So everybody knows what we have to do. We have to ask. But he's talking about these people. He says, but you ask and do not receive. How many people have asked but not received? Okay. Now, I'm not saying this is your reason, but this is just one. It says, I do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives 
so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay? So, here, James, the brother of Jesus, he must have knew him pretty well as a brother. He comes out and he says, the reason why you, he says, you're asking, you're asking, but you're asking with the wrong motives and the, and the wrong things. So we need to search out our expectations and make sure that they align with what the Word of God, and it's not something I want, I want, I want, I want, but is, have we gone? Well, I'll get to that later. So, anyway, so, we need to make sure that our motives and our desires match up with the Word of God. Now, Jesus is, how many realize that Jesus is the best example we have, right? So, if we look at Jesus, do you think that Jesus had any expectations when he prayed for the sick? Or what about when he taught his Word? Did, when he taught people sitting on the mountain, to the 5,000, to the 7,000, to where, did, when, he, when he ministered the Word, did he expect anything? Okay? Do you think Jesus got what he expected? He got what he expected because he knew that what he was doing was perfect, right? Because it was what his father had told him to do, right? So Jesus gave this example. So I believe that every expectation that Jesus had was completely and exactly like he intended it to be. Why? John 12, verses 49 and 50 says, For I have spoken on my own authority, this is Jesus, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. He only spoke that. Then in John 5, 19, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Most surely I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. That's Jesus, the Son of God. He says, he says Most assuredly I say, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So Jesus said what he said and only did what he said to do. Therefore, what he said would come to pass because he was saying what the Father told him to say, and he did what the Father told him to do, so every time he did what he did, then that meant that it was going to happen. So his expectations were the fact that because my Father told me to do it, my Father will see that it happens. Because my Father told me to say it, it whatever I say, something will happen. That's what Jesus did. And then he, but the thing about it, we see how Jesus was able to fulfill every expectation just because he said what God said and he did what God told him to do. So Jesus gave us this model, right? So we should expect God to do for us what he said he wanted to do for us. If he said what he wanted to do for us in here, then we should be able to stand upon that same word and do exactly what it says, as long as we follow the Word and do what the Word of God says, God is responsible to do what He said He would do. He said that He's never done anything that we didn't see His Father do. Now, I've seen a lot of things on the Internet, doing research, trying to get ready to go to Africa and all that, right? So uh, looking at things that are happening, and, and uh, Pastor Goodluck and I have talked many, many times about things that are happening over there. And these things are being, being done under, quote, the name of God. 
that, had, that God's nowhere in the room when this stuff's going on. And all these types of things that are going on. And the things about it is, why do I know that they're not from God? Because they're not in here. You can't add to or take away from what's right here. Okay? If it's not in here, we don't need to be doing it. Okay? You say, oh, well, should we have air conditioning in our home? It's not mentioned in the Bible, you know. Okay. I'll bite. Take it out. Turn it off. No. You understand what I'm trying to say. This is talking about how we're to live our lives. He says, walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, do these things that are pleased there. So, here we have, in John chapter 15, so our expectation should always be to be in alignment with God's Word. Okay? And if you look in John chapter 15, verse 7, it says, If, again, the big two-letter word, I can I talk about it a lot. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. Two conditions. Two conditions. This came with conditions. And let me, let me mention something to all of you. When you read the Word of God, you cannot pull a Scripture out of context and apply it across the board. There are people that believe that, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. So I ask anything. Do you think God is going to give you everything just because you say it? He said first, he didn't put that, he put stipulations here. Every time God said something, every time it's written about a scripture, you can't go and say, well, this scripture doesn't say there's a condition, so this same statement over here without this condition, I can do this one without the conditions. It doesn't work that way. If Jesus had to repeat everything that he did, he would have never got finished. You have to look at the concept of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and see what God's plan, what God's working, what God is doing, and look it into the concept of the entire Word of God. And what God and what Jesus said. If Jesus said you have to abide in Him in one place, and He doesn't say it in the other, do you mean that you don't have to abide in Him? And His words doesn't have to abide in you for this one to happen, but over here He said it another way. See, a lot of people like to look at that on the outside of the world. They like to call that a conflict of Scripture. It's not a conflict of Scripture. Jesus told us exactly one place. He only reiterated it at another point and didn't give the details of the first one. But every time he taught, did he have to give the details again? The Bible, as it said, the Bible would be this big if, we had to, if he had to say it all over every time he says it. But that's the reason why he said two conditions. Abide in Jesus. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? Everybody, has Jesus, does Jesus live in your heart? Are you in Jesus' heart? He says, do you, he didn't say, do I abide in you? He says, do you abide in me? That's different. Jesus Christ, we say, Jesus, come into our life. Where does he abide? He abides right here, right? He's abiding here. But he, he went another further. He says, if, you, if, I, if I abide in you and you abide in me, it's a two-way thing. Because, see, we always say, well, we'll walk around with Jesus, Jesus in here. But the thing about it is we're in him. He says, if you abide in me, you're different. If you abide in me, you'll do different. If you abide in me, you're going to be something different. Not just me inside of you. But I've taken you from where you are and I've brought you into me and I've put you part inside of me. I, I carry you everywhere I go every day. You may carry me around, but I want you to know I'm carrying you around every day because I got you in here. I don't know about you, but that tells me something about my Lord. 
about His love for me and what He wants for me, right? So, conditions. So the Word of God gives us a road map for all of our desires, all of our expectations. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, This is the confidence that we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, you need to Bill read that tonight, He hears us. According to His will. I don't know how many books have been written over on what is the will of God. You know, what is the will of God? How many of you know what the will of God is? Do you know how you find out what the will of God is? He put it right here in black and white, and some of it's red. He put it right here. If it's here, that's his will. Okay? So, how do I know his will if I don't go to this? Okay? Luckily, we have the Holy Spirit that when we don't have all of this, he speaks to us also, right? But this is primary because the Holy Spirit will never contradict this. If somebody ever tells you the Spirit told you, told me this, and it's not in here, don't believe the Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, if it goes against the Word of God, the Spirit's not going to go against the Word of God. He said, I come to remind you about what this says, not and what Jesus said, not anything else, okay? So, so we, we find out His will, go, go through the Bible. Now, the Word of God gives us many examples, and there's a lot of them, many examples the coming to Jesus, where people were coming to Jesus with expectations. He doesn't specifically use the word expectations. I understand that, but people coming, I think you'll understand what I'm trying to say. Let's look at a woman with the issue of blood. That's in Mark, the, uh, Mark uh, uh, chapter 5, uh, where she came. So what did she go? She came, she had an issue of blood for many years, and she came because she tried all everything else. What did she say? She says, if, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If only I may touch, that's in verse 28, if I only may touch his clothes, then I shall be made, I shall be made well. Now, the thing was, she had to get there. Everybody was all around Jesus, just packed all around him. But she got to him, and when she touched his garment, it says, she felt in her body that she was healed. Could she see it? No. But she, but she knew. She knew that it had happened. She came with faith. She came with faith. If I can just touch his garment. If I can just touch his garment. But she had to have had expectations because the expectation is what drove her to push her away because she knew she expected to receive when she touched. When we come to be prayed for, when we come and ask God, do we come with the expectation or do we just come hoping? There's a lot of people that we pray that you pray for that come expecting I don't know. Expecting expecting a feeling, uh, expecting to be slain in the spirit, expecting to there's a lot of people, if they don't get it the way they think they need to get it, they can't get it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's healing, if it's deliverance, if it's anything else. 
People have to be willing. People come to be delivered, and they can't be delivered. You wonder why they can't be delivered. It's because they don't want to be. A lot of times. Not, maybe not all the time, but a lot of times that's what it is. So there has to be any expectations. Now, the centurion. Remember the centurion whose servant was at home, paralyzed and tormented? In Matthew chapter 8, it says, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home, paralyzed, death, uh, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come in healing. Centurion, he answered, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, Jesus said, I'll come healing. So he was going to go, but the centurion says, no. But only speak the word and my servant will be healed. Now, when he headed back, do you think he had any expectation of what it was going to be when he got back to his, to his home? And what happened? They came to tell him that in the same hour, it happened there. Right? Came with the expectations of it all there. So, this is what, all of this is my introduction. I got here in red. This is what I want to get to now. Okay? No, it's not that bad. I only got 12 more pages. Don't worry about it. All right. So, God is greater than our expectations. Okay? God is greater than our expectations. In other words, our expectations, you know, are this or that for little things and whatever. And it's, it's something that's hard to deal with. I'm getting ready to go to Africa. My wife and I are getting ready to go, and we, we, we sit down and we talk about what we want to do when we get over there. And we know that what's over there is, is going to be big. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And we can't wait to get there to see what's going to happen. It's just we, we expect something to happen, but we have no idea what it is. You understand what I'm saying? It's one of those types of things. So remember the story of Lazarus. How many of you know about the story of Lazarus? Okay. So Mary and Martha sends, sends a message. Quick. They get the uh, send to it. Get Jesus. Tell him to come. Lazarus is sick. He's dying. He's on his deathbed. He's ready to go. Whatever. Jesus stays four more days. Finally has to tell the disciples he's dead, so let's go. They keep talking about him being asleep. So he goes there. Martha comes running out when she finds out he's in the place, and she comes running out. And, um, and so she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She had faith that if Jesus had been there, her brother would not have died. Jesus goes on to tell her, yeah, but he'll rise again. Well, I know he'll rise again, and when you, when you come back, he's going to rise. She still didn't get it. Where did, her faith, where did her expectations stop? If you had been here, he would not have died. So Mary comes running out. If you had been here, he would not have died. But he'll be, yeah, I know, but that's, you know, that's on him. But if he'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Their expectation only went so far. But see, Jesus had better expectations. He knew what was going to happen. He waited the four days. But then what happened? We have Lazarus raised from the dead. And so now, Martha and Mary, Lazarus too, because he's the one who got out of the tomb, but now... You think their expectations changed of what Jesus could do in their lives? How many times has God done something that you expected Him to do, but it ended up it was even greater than what you expected? Okay? 
You understand? I think more, if I were to ask you, I guarantee you I'll have more hands with that one, that God has done something greater than what you really were expecting. I'll have more hands to that than I would the ones that I didn't have, I think you mentioned a little, little bit earlier, okay? But the thing about it is that, now, he's bigger than, their expectation is bigger than I, so he rose again. Now, the story of the, uh, the lame man that was sitting at the, that they were carrying to, to the gate of the synagogue, so he could do his begging, his alms. He had been, he had been um, uh, what do you call it, born from his mother's womb, uh, uh, crippled, couldn't walk, just laying there. They, they take him, let him beg, and they were allowed to beg. And if you were a good Jew, you were supposed to give to them alms because that was part of the giving. That's how they took, you, you were supposed to give to them. And when you went to the temple, they're sitting there, and the ones that could beg, you're supposed to, to give to them. So he was going, they were carrying him to go to the gate to beg. And so... He was there, and then, Acts 3, uh, verses 2 through 5, but it says, in verse 3 it says, And when Peter and John were about to go into the temple, he began asking, and re- Give me some money. Uh, give me give me money. Give me. And, and Peter, along with John, fixed their gaze on him and looked at him and says, It's like I'm looking at my wife. Just kind of looked at it like this. So he says, says So, Gazed on him. He said, look at us. And he began to give them attention, expecting to receive something from them. What did he expect to receive? Alms. That's what he expected. The man came there expecting one thing. He walked away with something else. Right? Because they said, silver and gold have I none, but that I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, arise and walk. And he got up and jumped and run and went away. See, God's expectations were greater than his because God always does things greater than that. So silver and gold have I none. 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says this, But just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen nor ears has heard and which has not even entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. And that's not talking about futuristic. That's talking about futuristic, yes, but it's talking about on heaven and on earth. We can't even comprehend what God wants to do for us. We can't even imagine it. Our expectations can't even go there because we can't think it. If we can't think it, Pastor Angel was talking about it, if we can think it, we can have it, right? We can get there if we can just get the mind to think on it. That's great and wonderful, but we've got to get to thinking about it first. And there's things that we can think about. This, and what are we going to think about? We're going to think about the things that we have in our realm that we know that we can think for because we can expect it because we say, I'm going to expect this. Why? Because I, it's in my mental facilities to be able to think about that. But there's things here that God says, there's things that you can't even think about because God wants to bless us bountifully. Okay? Bountifully. He wants to bless us personally, wants to bless us on the job, wants to bless us in our families, wants us to, as we walk with the Lord, and He wants to bless us as we work for God. Now, you said all of this and all of this stuff I'm saying that, that we, this core of people, we have to have the excitement and we have to have the expectations to drive what God wants to do here. We have to not only look at what we've seen, but we've got to start expecting more. 
Because God wants us to expect more. Because He wants to give us more. And if we expect it, that's what God will give to us. And so God has shown us a vision for this church, not only through Pastor Goodluck and Pastor Angela, but by the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells us in the Great Commission, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Acts 1.8, it says, that you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth, right? In Acts 1.8. I like to look at it this way. Jerusalem, that's the one that's closest to us. That's Cyprus. Okay? Judea, I would call that Texas. Samaria, the way the world is out there, the United States. That's where the, Samaria was where the bad stuff went on. But into the remotest parts of the earth, that's wherever God wants to take us. Where God wants to take us. But, You may have heard this expression. I don't know if you have. Maybe you have. I've heard it before. Expectation is a breeding ground for miracles. Expectation is a breeding ground for miracles. Come expecting, and we're going to see. If you don't expect anything, probably won't see as much. I'm not saying we won't have anything. But we can have a lot more if we expect more, right? So expect a miracle and you get one. So can you see, is there expectations of what God is going to do here at the Ark Fellowship? Can you see what God wants to do? Have you, can you look at what he's already done and anticipate what he's going to do? You know, that's what God wants us to look at. Can you imagine everyone in church coming Sunday with great expectations of seeing a mighty move of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders. How many of you can imagine that, can look at that and see that, believe God for it? We are the core. We must start and keep enthusiasm and expectations before all of the church so that we are all united coming to witness the, the powerful works of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are our eyes big enough? Do we have big enough expectations can we see it? Jesus saw it. Can we see it? He said, I saw. I saw. Pastor Angela said on Sunday, if our mind can think it, our body will go there. We can get there. I'm seeing souls for the kingdom. Are you? I'm seeing lives delivered and set free. Are you? I'm seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. Do we see? Do we expect? God wants us. So let our minds be filled with the great expectations as we come together and become part of the end time mighty move of God here at the Ark Fellowship, at the Ark Fellowship and throughout the world. If we can think it, we can expect it, we can see it. We can see it. It's for us. So take this message of expectation, excitement, take it from where we are now and let it spread throughout this entire body of believers. And we're going to be able to do great and mighty works for the Lord. Father, Father I thank you, Lord, for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you, Lord, to let this word go forth. And I pray, God, that we all start looking with great expectations, God, of what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish. 
And God, we expect great and mighty things to happen Sunday when Bishop is here. God, the power of God is just going to flow like a mighty river. Souls are going to be one to the kingdom. Miracles are going to be, people are going to be delivered. God, it's all going to happen. Why? Because we can see it. If we can see it, God, it's there. We can see it and we believe it. I thank you, Lord, for it. I ask you to be with all of us, Lord, as we go to our homes. Keep a hedge of safety around us. No danger or harm should come to us. And bring us back Sunday on fire for you. Expecting in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless all of you.